On Christmas Eve, I used a quote by Howard Thurman. And his quote has really struck me this whole Christmas season. He says, there must always remaining, there must be always remaining in every life, some place for the singing of angels. He continues that some place is that for which in itself is breathless and beautiful. It's such a strange time that we're right now straddling. Culturally, we're done with Christmas. Most of us have put away the decorations. How many of you have already taken down your Christmas tree? Does that mean the rest of you are, are solid, solid until Epiphany or until it catches fire? Okay. Now that we're done with Christmas Day, we've rung in the new year with a pretty exciting college football semifinal. Christmas really does feel a little behind us. But theologically, we are still in the midst of the Christmas season. Advent kept us hopeful. It kept us waiting for Christ's birth and for his return. And then for 12 days, traditionally as people of faith, we mark Christmas as a season in the church calendar until we reach Epiphany this Friday. But it's hard, isn't it? It's hard to keep up that momentum, that excitement all week long. There's such joy, there's such anticipation for so many of us that lead up to Christmas Day. And now that it's passed, some of the joy and excitement of the season has gone with it. Laurie Murphy, who is Catherine Mull's mother, Laurie is also a retired Presbyterian pastor. And this week, she put up another Howard Thurman quote that you may have heard before. It speaks to this season of in-betweenness right now and what's coming before we hit Lent. Thurman says, When the songs of angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes have gone home, And the shepherds are back with their flock. The work of Christmas begins. According to Thurman, on one hand, we are to always make room for the singing of angels in our hearts. But at the same time, we acknowledge that their song grows harder and harder to hear with each passing day. Angels are kind of a funny thing. I had a friend who was in a bad car wreck when he was in high school, and so he kept this guardian angel clipped to his sun visor in the car. Of course, she, 
Angels always look like women, it seems. Had a flowing robe and broad wings, long flowing hair, outstretched arms. It said something just like that, never drive any faster than your guardian angel can fly. He did that, you know, except for the one time he had the bad wreck. I wonder if any of you saw the picture that went around about the biblically accurate angel Christmas tree topper this year. We use an angel as our Christmas tree topper. Anybody else use an angel? How many of you use a star? Anybody use a top hat? I saw a lot of top hats in pictures this season. We use this really pretty crocheted angel She has a halo and wings. It was a wedding gift. But she looks nothing like this other angel. Apparently, a puppeteer from Jim Henson Productions made an angel Christmas tree topper, but he decided to use the biblically um, accurate description found in Ezekiel. And this is what that angel tree topper looks like. Not exactly what we picture when we think of Gabriel bringing good news of great joy for all people. Though if angels do look like this, it does make sense why the first thing they say to most humans is, do not be afraid. (laughs) Angels, whether they're covered with eyes whether they have four faces, whether they're pinned to the sun visors in our car. Angels are heralds, meaning they carry a message straight from God. In their most famous and well-known scriptural appearance, angels sing of good news and they sing it into all of creation. And if nothing else, if we keep that at the forefront, the message that they bring to all of creation, despite how they might appear and despite how Christmas may already feel like the past, the song that the angels sing carries immense magnitude. Their song announcing Christ's birth reminds us that God has always been on our side. It reminds us and affirms that the God we worship is a God for us and now a God with us. In Jesus, God's presence is not just found in a burning tree in the desert. In Jesus, God's presence is not just some thundering cloud on a mountaintop giving out rules and instructions. In Jesus, born just like us, born for us, born among us, God's presence isn't behind a curtain or living in an ornate box. Because God came as a child born, 
the whole way we encounter God is transformed and embodied. Jesus' birth means that in all the ways that we tend to make God's presence too small or too narrow, in Jesus, all that collapses. I imagine that we are all on the same page in that we can compartmentalize God really well. I think about God only on Sundays. I think about God in just my prayer time. I think about God only when... But the song of the angels, the message of Christmas tells us the most large and wonderful truth that in the birth of Jesus, we are not, we cannot compartmentalize God anymore. The birth of Christ tells us there is no place where God is not. There is no part of our living or our dying. There is no part of our waking or our sleeping. There is no part of who we are that is not embodied and shared by the holy. Which is a truth A truth that is both beautiful and a truth that should leave us breathless. It is what the angels sing. A message straight from God. Amen.